Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour podcast, ostensibly about video games, but mostly about Final Fantasies. I'm your host, Bobby Pease. Joining me as always, the gamer who used to go chase Kinnicky, the father turned dad, still a jerk, Johnny Amazich, and back in a really long time, the host, host's favorite, P. Brown the Aeon, Patrick Brown, the curator of all the tunes you hear on our show, original member of the Casual Hour. Welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Happy to be Welcome here. back to your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've just been holding this seat, keeping it warm for you, and they're ready to kick me out and bring bring you back on full time. You've been doing a damn good job, Chase, let me tell you, all right? Putting up with us like, is I'm a job. I'm kind of scared to come back now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hence well, why I left. you know, I, I finally got over my Tokyo Mirage Sessions discussion, and I think I'm, a, I think I'm available to talk about it. He's free. Things. Okay. That's good. Unless you want to bring it up again. Like, that game came out this We've week. got enough to uncover tonight with Final Fantasy. <laughs> so, we're going to... Fair enough. We're going to be celebrating a lot tonight besides Patrick. Tonight's show is going to be focusing primarily on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, there'll be an opportunity where we will give you one more chance to get off this show if you have not played that game or if you are trying to remain pure like myself. Um... There will be an opportunity for you to shut this off. We're going to tell you a little bit about some of the games that we've been playing before that, though. So unlike some of our traditional what you've been playing, so this is going to be an episode focused primarily on one particular game that is very near and dear to all of us. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. I'm so thrilled that Patrick wanted to be a part of it. I think that you've been listening to our bullshit. Thank you for being yeah, here. Thank you, first of all. I don't know why you would want to do this, but thank you. <laughs> and... Um, I'm a little bummed that he's on here because we've just like lost a third of our actual audience who listens. Yeah. At this point, we can't just bring all the audience members on. Then we have yeah, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing, bringing you on here really is hurting our numbers. Um, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. His phone is still downloaded. Yeah. It'll count. Good. So, how's everybody feeling? How's everybody doing? Everything good and well in your worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what's most amazing to me is you've lived your entire mm-hmm. life, Bobby, obsessed with video games yeah. and gaming culture, and yet you still do not know some of the things about Final Fantasy VII. And we won't we, we won't get into right. it now, but I just I I think I said that at least twice a week yeah. to Chase. <laughs> it's. I am just as dumbfounded as you. And and two of the listeners, Bobby kind of already mentioned it. We're going to be a little extra careful in the spoiler warnings. One, this is basically a spoiler cast for Final Fantasy VII Remake. But as the other three of us not named Bobby Pease have also played and know pretty much everything there is about original Final Fantasy VII, Bobby does not. The three of us might go into some topics that Bobby will have to leave the room for. We might have a sidebar. Yeah, we might have some sidebars. Uh, so it's, so figure out some original Final Fantasy VII spoilers as well. But again, we'll get to that. That, that time will come. Love it. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So before we get into it, though, uh, Patrick, since you are our guest of honor always, uh, I'd, I'd love to know what's new with you and what games have you been playing? Uh, yeah, so what's new with me outside of video games? Typical, typ- you know, just working on music still. Yes. Um, yeah, that's 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 really about it. Having a lot of fun with that. Um, and I've been streaming on Twitch. 
Very cool. That's been a lot of fun as well. Um, I started doing that about, I don't know, a couple months ago. I fell off, and now I'm back at it, and I'm having a very good time. That's cool, man. So please, yeah, please stop by my stream if you ever want to see me get into some hijinks. We'll throw your link um, to your stream, that, and if you have a schedule, we'll throw that up in our show notes tonight, too. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Of course. Um, but as far as games, um, so I've been playing XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. That's a yes, good game. It's a, yeah, so, so here's the thing. I play it. Um, I play it on and off. Sure. Because it's a very fun game. I love it. But then there's that moment where if you're having a very good run, mm-hmm. Everything's going well. Your soldiers are leveling up like normal. You're taking out Advent and all the other, you know, alien forces. Some eventually the game will throw you a curveball, to put it lightly, to where four of your soldiers might die in one mission. I'm gone. Uh, Did did I die? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You bit it pretty bad. It was it was terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, a while ago, I was streaming an XCOM series. And everything was going great. Like, it was one of the best XCOM runs I'd ever had. And, Bobby, you were actually on point on the last mission. Okay. And okay. the entire team got annihilated. That sounds right. It was bad. Yeah. It was. That's what happens yeah. when you let Bobby <laughs> lead was, stuff. Was, 167 yeah. episodes later, these guys are still waiting for me podcast. to take the shot. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was awful. It was the most soul-crushing like, soul experience I've ever had playing video games. Everything went wrong. Oh. And I said, fuck, I said, fuck this game. Fuck Twitch. I'm done. And it was it was it was bad. But other than that, uh, yeah, I'm back at it. Having a good time. That's great. I don't. So XCOM 2, like you, uh, do you have any interest in the Chimera Squad I, that just came yeah, out? Yes. So I actually have Chimera Squad. I just haven't played it yet. Gotcha. OK. Yep. Yep. So that is next up. Um, and then I've also been playing Streets of Rage 4. It How is, is good. Yeah, yeah, very interested to hear about that. It is very good. Does it does it live up to the streets of rage? Yes, name, it does. Yes, opinion? it does. It is very fun. Is it co op? Um, yes, it is four player co op. Yeah, and that's on Game Pass, right? Yes, it's on Game Pass, and it's also on Steam. Okay. And if you have it, if you have it on Steam, you can do uh, remote play together. Okay. Where only one person needs to own the game, and then you can invite some friends to play with you. Oh shit! Um, That's cool. So nice. yeah, it's it, it's very fun. The music is great. The combat is fun. It's a very hard game too. You have to really pay attention to like the enemies and their um and their movements and their cues yeah. in order to get around them. So um, yeah, it's a very well designed game. The only gripe I have with it is that some characters can't run or dash. And it's very, very strange. Like, uh, there's a character in there named Cherry. Uh, she can run and dash. Her father from the original Streets of Rage, he can run and dash, but Axel and Blaze cannot. It's very, very weird. And I, I tried to put like my game design hat on. I mean, like, they gotta be, they gotta be pretty old at this. Point. Well, yeah, I mean, like, well, that's been... what I thought. Yeah, but Adam <laughs> is just as old as them, and he's like going around, you know. So I don't. I don't know. It, it was very strange, but that's like that's the only gripe I have about the game. To be honest with you, other than that, it is a. Have lot you played of fun. the other ones in the series, or is this your first time playing a Streets of Rage game? No, I played every Streets of Rage oh, yeah. game. Every Streets of yeah, I came. As, I, I, ima- I imagine two is probably the high watermark for you. Yeah, it is for most. of course. Yeah, because they had a black kid in rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the game. Skate was in. Skate was in three, he, not two. No, he was in two. He was introduced in two. 
Oh, he's in both. Yeah, okay. yeah, and yeah. I I know very little about two. I played the hell out of three. Oh man, two was my jam only because of skate. It was pretty bad because sure. like I played. I always played with black kids, and we could <laughs> only one person could play skate. So it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, so so yes, that's been great. Streets of Rage Four is very 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 fun. I didn't think I would like it as much as I as I do, but yeah, it's it's been great. That's awesome, man. And then um. I think the coolest thing before you move on, the coolest thing about Streets of Rage 4 that I've seen is that the thing that's always bugged me about those games in the past is when you use your special move, it just takes away health. And I, I've always hated that. And in this game, it still does that, but they give you kind of that Bloodborne style system where you can gain that health back. Or it's like a fighting game system where you can, you can get that, um, that, that chip health. You can get that back by just doing regular attacks and, and kind of blood sucking the uh, the enemies there yeah. and that's super cool it, it makes it it turns it into like much more of a risk reward system instead of just punishing you for doing the cool moves and i'm like that makes me more excited to play this game than literally anything else i've heard about it yeah and you can do the special moves in the air you can do them while grappled so um it's not just like a this is like a not like a one like a one-time situation for those moves anymore. Right. So um, it opens up a lot of it opens up a lot of combat possibilities too. So it's yeah, it's a very it's a very deep game. Very you know, well not too deep, but you know, it's a lot deeper than the originals. I'll tell you that much as far as combat. So yeah, it's pretty good. Highly recommend it. Is is Rue in the game? I'm not gonna say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. It's not a yes I love or a no. I love that fucking kangaroo. I'm I'm not gonna say where Rue is. That's awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have you been playing? Anything besides those two? Modern Warfare Warzone. So you're in the Gulag. You're damn right. I'm in the Gulag. How's that going? <laughs> damn right. I'm getting my ass kicked in the Gulag. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm getting my. Ass Do you play many battle royale games? Um, no. I I, I try playing PUBG. It's too slow. Um, Fortnite, I'm not going to build a castle around me and try to kill people at the same time. Um, Why not? It's, it's too hard, <laughs> man. That's, that, I'm not playing Minecraft. Here, man. I'm trying to shoot people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Minecraft, I, I get to Minecraft later. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, Warzone is it's perfect because it's very, you know, it's very fast-paced. And then if you die, you know, you can come back, you know, from the gulag or whatever. And I think that just that makes the game a lot more accessible. Sure. Um yeah, and it's just yeah. Get your get yourself back in yeah. the fight. It's not over, over. As soon yeah, as you exactly. Die. You know. Um, yeah, and plus, you know, having your teammates being able to buy you back. You know, right. it gives you an incentive incentive to stay. So yeah, it's it it's great. And even the even the core multiplayer outside of Warzone, like it's just a very well designed multiplayer game, and probably the best Call of Duty in a long, long time. So yeah, I've heard yes, nothing yes. but great things about great. that. I wish I would have. Yeah bit a little bit harder we had it purchased for a while and then uh we backed away from it like the last minute because other shit was coming out but then i know that they were teasing warzone for some time and then i think there's so many layers now that they've introduced into that from the gulag to apparently the the coin system where you can buy your shit while you're running out there and doing your loadouts i think that's really cool um apparently the game mechanically speaking is just it's buttery smooth also from like a Mm-hmm. For a free game, for a free-to-play game, I think that this and Apex are pretty much in that upper upper echelon of like just polish when it yeah when it comes to for it for sure. Yeah. 
and, and Fire Emblem Heroes. Like those three <laughs> games, like the best. Well, one of those game. has a lot more bikinis, Absolutely. and I'm not talking about the Gulag. You're not. You're I'm not, not wrong, wrong about that. Depending on where you go in the gulag, now. Can you like? So I saw not to get off off subject here with the gulag, but like I was watching a clip online, and I believe that some dude threw a fucking rock in, and like straight up killed somebody fighting in the gulag with a rock. Like you can throw shit at people while they're fighting. You can, yeah. Damn, it's hard out there, huh? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's real in the gulag, man. <laughs> shit is fucking merciless. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 intense. Well, I mean, but like so. Um, if your teammates are, are waiting to be uh, thrown in, into the gulag, well, into the fighting yeah. pit of the gulag, um, they can show, well, they can tell you where the enemy is, you know, if you're in the gulag against, against someone. So, like, they can throw rocks at the at, at the guy you're fighting or, you know, like, tell you their position to help you out and shit. So, huh. the gulag is, yeah, it's intense. Do you, would you rather, if you had to choose, like, being in the actual war zone or the gulag, where do you want to be? Oh, hello. Uh, I would rather be in the field. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cause yeah. Cause listen, man, I went to jail one time. I'm not built for that shit at all. Let me <laughs> tell you. I, yeah. I, I got pulled over on the warrant one day and I was in jail for like two hours. It was the scariest. Oh exactly. Oh, no. It was the scariest shit of my fucking life. So no, I'm in the field all day. I'm not built to be behind <laughs> bars at all. Hell yeah. Um, all right, Patrick. So, Streets of Rage 4, XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, Modern Warfare, Warzone. You can check out those on your Twitch stream. What is your Twitch? Is it P Brown, Dayon? Yeah, it is. No, it is P Brown Plays. P Brown Plays. Cool. Um, so, you're on Twitch. Uh, what is your schedule while we got you on here? Let's go ahead and plug. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my schedule uh, Monday, Tuesday, it will be, I will start around 4 30. Thursday, or. Yeah, Central, Central time. time. Yep. Yes, Friday, uh, four thirty. Because all those West Coast listeners we have, <laughs> and then Saturday <laughs> it will be three o'clock p.m. Cool. and Sunday will be eleven a.m. Dope. We'll make sure to put that into our notes there. But if uh, I've tuned in and you are a ton of fun to watch play, I can't recommend it enough. So, oh, Bobby, thank of you. Of course, man. Uh, so please, please, please go and check out and support our friend Patrick on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Chase, you've played a game that you've yes. been waiting to play for some time. My question is, yeah, which console did you play it on? And did not play. <laughs> uh, I yes, I own Indivisible on the PS4 and the Switch, and I've only been playing the Switch version. Good boy. Um, yeah, I've been waiting for this game to come out on Switch for a really long time. In fact, long enough that I uh, lost my willpower and ended up buying it on the PS4, but then not playing it because I was playing other stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we'll get to. Robot Wars. But now that it's here, now that I've finished the remake, I can can dive into Indivisible headfirst. And shit, guys, this... This might be like a good. really good 2019 game. <laughs> we need. We might need to go back to our 2019 awards. I have some changes I need to I make. I figured it would be, man. We talked about that, actually, I think, even on the show, that this was a game that had... It was on uh, the game Missing from 2019, I think. There was a category for that. And... Yeah, I, I think... So why don't you do a favor for me? Give me a elevator pitch of what Indivisible is. Sure. Um, well, you know, I want to... I want to mention to you guys. I don't. I don't know if you're aware. I I tend to be uh, a little long-winded 
Like, it might it might come as a surprise <laughs> to you, but I tend really? to be a little bit long winded when it comes to discussing video games. Huh. So, in the interest of time, knowing that we want to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, I've I've made notes notes that I'm going to stick to. Uh, okay. But Bobby has asked me a question that is not on the notes, so I'm going to answer that first. <laughs> Uh, so elevator pitch for Indivisible. This is a 2D side-scrolling. I don't really want to say Metroidvania. It right. has elements of that, but it's it's more of just a, a side-scrolling RPG. I mean, it's an RPG, but it's it's streamlined in some ways and really complex in some other ways. Very pretty to look at. Uh, and the other ways specifically is the combat. It's a very pretty looking game what? also. It's it's gorgeous. That is that is the first point. So thank you, Bobby. I'll I'll just transition right here. Really sharp art style. Colors are vibrant. Looks a little looks a little like a slightly rougher clay game. So it does remind me yeah. of Mark of the Ninja yeah. a lot in in just the character design and things like that. Uh, but it's got like a, a little rougher style video too. Game. They're really good looking video games. This is not by Clay. Uh, this is by Five Hundred Five Games. Um, but still, art style is awesome and i really like the voice cast too like all these different characters you get a ton of characters in this game to fill up a four-person party and i think the voice cast is just really strong across the board and also really diverse like this is this is kind of some uh southeast asian inspired um story and art and characters and you'll you'll see that in characters names in the places that you go and it's just a really unique style compared to a lot of the games that we see today um, but yeah, I really like that voice cast. There are some voices that give me some bad flashbacks, though. Uh, oh, no. Like Yusuke from Persona 5 is in this game as oh, one no. of your party members. And he sucks. Yeah. Because I still yeah. hate Yusuke. Yusuke was not good. Um, Which one was Yusuke? No. He yeah. was the artist. <laughs> oh, that was my boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Damn boy. It, oh, man. <laughs> He's he's very he's very annoying in this game. I've, I, uh, also I first annoying. To him. He was annoying. <laughs> uh, you guys remember that Morgana? Yeah. Oh, hey, Mor- Morgana. Hey, you need to go to sleep. Uh huh. Uh huh. They're here too. Damn. Uh, and then for all you three houses players out there, uh, Lawrence, Ooh. who uh, was a was a Golden Deer guy. So I I played with Lawrence a lot. Um, you guys didn't play Mm-mm. the Golden Deer route because you missed Did out. Not. You played, I played the, the best route, route. Um, so you missed out on on Lawrence, Blue who Lions. sucks. I like Lawrence sucks. I do not like Lawrence, but uh, his voice actor is in here too. So there are some good voice actors as well, like Futaba. Futaba's voice actor is in this. Voice actress is in this. Your team some Futaba, other really good ones. Big time. Um, uh, Some sometimes I, I I go back and forth between Makoto and Futaba. Anyway, um, so yeah, it, this is kind of a Metroidvania game. It, it has some Metroidvania elements anyway, and, and those are fine. It's it's not really that type of game. It's kind of linear. I've just gotten to a point where you get a ship and you can go to a few different ports. But for the most part, you're just going through a space and you do get some new abilities like a, a spear that you can throw or you get an axe that allows you to when you jump, you can uh, you can you can always do wall jumps. But then in this game, once you get this axe, you can just kind of like stab the axe into the wall and then that gets you an extra jump off the wall and then you can continue wall jumping. So it's actually a really mobile game. And one of the uh, one of the newest abilities I got was using a using a spear. Right now I have the spear that I can throw, but now I can like stab it into the ground and use it as like a springboard 
and then spring off it to get even higher That's as well. Awesome. So they just kind of pepper in these different mobility things that that are really fun and and add to some traversal puzzles that you'll you'll find. The the problem for me is that when you're going through these areas, I I feel like the developers might be a little too smart for their own good where they've made the collectibles. There's really only one collectible source that you that you get that you can use to power up your abilities and they're kind of found in more of the obvious places. If you're going through a dungeon kind of area, they're just like if you run to the end of the hallway, it's there. But then my gamer brain sees like the little bricks sticking out from one part of the ceiling and going, ooh, that's that's a secret path. Yeah. I need to go up that secret path to find the collectibles. And no, 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 that's actually just where you're supposed oh. to go. So that what they want you to do is take the, the path that everyone takes because that's where the collectible is and then go back and find the secret stuff. But I'm too busy like scanning the area, finding the secret stuff or thinking I'm finding the secret stuff and it turns out to just be the the right path and then it also just kind of locks me out from going back and so i screw myself multiple times <laughs> so i've missed out on a lot of collectibles that way and that's kind of a bummer but it's it's made me kind of reprogram myself of like i need to play this like a quote-unquote normal person sure. would so i can just find i'm so stuff. pumped you're getting to play this game by the way because um, i know that you've been waiting for a while and it sounds like it was worth the wait mm yes totally it is it is living up to my expectations it does have a learning curve and the learning curve and really the coolest part of the game is mm -hmm. the combat because that's that's the real star here so it's a, it's a really unique system it kind of reminds me a little bit of smash brothers in a way a little bit of paper mario in a way and i know those two things don't necessarily make sense together but i can explain that so each of your four party members is assigned to a different face button and they have like three action points each so you have a party of four at any one time. You have a bunch of characters that you can sub in, but you have this party of four. And so you've got like an X. Uh, again, I'm playing on Switch, so it's X, Y, B, A. And when you hit the button associated with that character, they'll do an attack. And you can kind of overlap those attacks. So I can hit B, X, B, Y, and those different characters are doing multiple attacks while it's happening and because they have three action points each they can kind of chain those things into combos but the smash brothers part comes in where you can modify those attacks by holding a direction and it's really just up or down but when you hold those directions when you do those attacks they can do different modifiers to them so the the main character ajna has this axe that she if you hold up when you do the attack it's a launcher so it can launch them up into the air, and then you can do some juggle combo stuff up there that can potentially do some more damage. Uh, if you use her down attack with her axe, she actually goes into a much longer combo chain that does some extra damage. So she can be a good ender as well. So if you've been comboing these enemies with all your other characters, she can come in and do some pretty good final damage to, to really knock them out and give them that Very cool. blow. Uh, other characters other characters have like AoE attacks. There's a guy I really like who's got a turban that he just like takes off the turban and just like wiles that thing in the, in the air, spins it around his head like a helicopter, as people oh, might tell, yeah. tell you. Um, <laughs> and he rules. His, his attack is just amazing. Um, and then there's a guy with a bow. Uh, he's the one who is who is uh, voiced by Yusuke, so I don't use him very often. Damn, just the hate, <laughs> man. But uh, <laughs> we have a guest tonight, <laughs> he and can, you're just uh, breaking our guest, man. Really? I'm I'm sorry, Patrick. You're wrong on this. One. I love you, man. But, 
You are you are incorrect. Fair enough. Um, but his his like jumping attack can shoot a bunch of arrows at once and do a bunch of extra damage that his regular attacks wouldn't. Uh, there are debuffs as well, some healing characters. You you really get this mixed bag of all these things that these people can do, and you can switch them in kind of whenever you want as long as it's not in the combat itself. Uh, and then they also have super moves that that you can use if you hold this meter, and the meter ties into your block gauge because you can block kind of like in Paper Mario or the Mario and Luigi games. If an enemy is attacking you, you can hit that button at the just the right time and block and, and block a bunch of that damage and kind of send them flying back um, like an advancing guard kind of thing if you played Marvel 3. But those blocks will also contribute to that meter that you can use for two things. One is the super, or three things actually. One is the super moves. Two is just revives. So if one of your character goes, characters go down, you can just revive them if your meter's full. And then the last thing is uh, like squad blocks. You can have everyone block at the same time because the enemies can also do area of effect damage with different attacks and they telegraph when they're going to do those things. And you can use that whole party block uh, to to stop those attacks, but it costs you some of that meter. Game sounds it's, cool as shit. It, it's really cool. It's, it's on an Game Pass, Patrick. System that that <gasps> I it'd be worth it. It's definitely worth the the no money it would cost on Game Pass. Um, <laughs> but it it is fun with the combat. It's it's fun to to try to find the optimal combos. So, for instance, back to Ajna with her axe. Like, she can do that launcher attack, but then if I try to have her do regular attacks after that, she's just going to whiff, because now they're up in the air and she's on the ground. Sure, just that makes sense. Nothing. So I kind of I have to wait with her attacks. Like, you can, like a fighting game, you can even start an attack and then wait and delay your next attack to, to make the combo work, or bring in another character that can do damage while they're in the air or on the ground. Or what I really like to do, there's this girl who's got water hair, and she can lay down these puddles when she's doing her attacks. Water. Yeah, it's and then she can activate them. So anytime an enemy goes over one of these puddles, it damages cool. them. Yeah. So I can throw out all of her puddles by doing her attacks, then bring in my turban guy to do his area of effect thing that kind of pushes them back a little bit into those puddles. And then I can have her activate those puddles. So once they do fall on the ground, now they're taking all the Damn, damage. So there, there's a little bit more complication to it than I thought. Yeah, definitely. And and enemies also block. Like you have to break their blocks, kind like of like in a fighting game where you have to mix deal? them up. Uh, not not really. It's more like, hey, sure. I'm blocking, and my character can do a low attack and then follow it up with a high attack, and that can break their right. block. And, and other enemies have different ways of blocking. They're also flying enemies, so I need to take that, that archer character I have and actually shoot them out of the air before I have somebody like Ajna come in with her axe and, right. and follow up. Because again, they're in the air. She can't just go up and get them. It's, it's like a really complex system, and I think awesome, it's super man. fun. Um, that, that's more or less it. Like It's really a streamlined RPG. There are no items. There's no skill trees. You're, the characters that you get have these set attacks that they just do. Uh, the only character that really grows is Ajna. She's got like some superpower stuff that you develop over the course of a game that she's not even really aware of until it happens. Uh, but there are just so many characters in this game, and they all play pretty differently and are really fun to mix That's and great. match. 
So that party composition is is really a big portion of the game. Um, and it's still not done. Like this developer, it's a really small developer. I think actually 505 is the publisher, not the developer. Um, but it's a it's a small team. This was a Kickstarter game. They they made a bunch of their Kickstarter goals, which means they're going to have a bunch of guest characters. Like there was a story from 2015 that you can find where it says huh. Shovel Knight's going to be a playable character in He should be a playable character Indivisible. in Smash. And <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, and there's a character from Skullgirls and the Drifter Very from cool. Hyperlight Drifter. Of course. And a character from Super Time Force. Like there's all these guest characters that are supposed to be in the game and yeah. they just aren't yet. Because you wrote all those and, letters uh, about moving to the Switch. That's why they're not new- there yet, man. <laughs> probably, <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> Uh, and it's also going to get cool. a new game plus mode that again is is not in the game quite yet, but that's coming. Uh, I'm I'm maybe like halfway through it so far. I've put in maybe seven yeah. or eight hours, and again, really liking it. That that combat is takes a bit of getting used to, but once you get used to it, it's just really really fun and rewarding to to play and to to just make. Make those attacks do a bunch of damage. It even puts a little combo meter up in the up in the corner when you're doing it, so you can see how many attacks you're getting, how much damage it's doing, so you can really kind of figure out cool. what's optimal. Nice man. Stuff. Well, Chase, I'm so yeah. pumped that you got cool to play game. that game. I can't wait to hear more about it, and I'm sure that we'll hear even more come 2020's Game of the Year conversations when we look back at some of the games we might have missed from the year prior. Um, well, for me, I'll keep it brief, you guys. Um, I, I do want to just make a quick announcement on one of the games I've been playing, and then I'll do a little bit deeper conversation on the other two. But I'm fully in. I'm all in 100% on Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, at this point in time, I've got two characters I'm running, uh, oh. one of which is already a level 40, the other which is a level 35. I'm light side, dark side. I'm there. I'm in it. So you're never going back to Final Fantasy When I have people to play with, I will. Glad I made that purchase. I have... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I've got okay. a level 70 character ready to go on Final Fantasy. It's maxed out. Bobby P is the um, new guy now. Star Wars Old Republic yep. is a very good game. I think it has an amazing story beat to it when it comes to some of the sh- shit you would expect from Bioware. Uh, I'm really enjoying... There's eight different stories being told depending on the character that you pick. I'm playing as a Sith Inquisitor. I'm also playing as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight is a bit more of the tried-and-true Star Wars story. The Sith Inquisitor is just a straight up asshole. I mean, I, I mean, I am playing him yep. so much uh, as an asshole. It's been really cool um, playing that with my cousin Jason. I think Patrick's gonna start joining us. Johnny's been there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit. Also, yeah. Also a Sith. We're all dark side. Just huge dick. Can just, can Sith play no. with Jedi? Is this like a Horde Alliance situation? So you no. got to play. Okay. It's also interesting, too, because you have, like, stronghold. So I had a stronghold with my Jedi character, and I tried to go to it as my Sith. It's like, well, hey, we have to sneak you in because it's enemy territory. It'd be 2,000 credits. But we can get you there if you really want to go. Otherwise, you have, like, your dark side one as well. So I'll talk more about that later on, but uh, I'm really enjoying the story with it. It's an MMO. I don't need to explain what that is at this point in time. But if you're looking for some really great lore, and if you enjoy that that period in time, and if you did like the Knights of the Republic games before this... You will find some comfort there for sure with this. this. Is, yeah. when, when does this take place? It's, it's, it's after the first. after Knights mm-hmm. of Republic two, but like it's it's a decent. Yeah. Well, Revan's after. in it. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I know HK forty seven is in it too. Yeah. What? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but it's different. Like he's his like AI chip is in a factory or some bullshit like that. Like it's there's been so essentially a chunk of the, time the way that, that you deal with between... him is going to be a lot like a strike in Destiny. Maybe more of like a dungeon in Destiny, a little bit longer. Not quite a raid, not quite a strike, somewhere mm. in between. Um, right. It's called the Foundry. I actually did that with Jason. It was really fucking cool how they do it all. And I just got to the point in the story where like they integrate. The, they're called flashpoints instead of strikes. That flashpoint is up next. No shit. I know. I know. Destiny also has so flashpoints. Yeah, Patrick, <laughs> uh, also until the end of June, they've got double XP. So you're leveling up really quick in there. We can get you taken care of no problem at all. Um, but the two games I really want to take some time to talk about because I've, I've had uh, more of a chance to sink my teeth into both of these. And it's been a little weird playing both of them simultaneously. But I want to talk a little bit about XCOM Chimera so. Squad. And I want to talk about Gears Tactics. Um, so last week I let you know that I was really leaning towards Chimera Squad. And I, I, I still think that that's the game I prefer out of the two of these. But the more I've played Gears, the more I'm really finding myself loving what they're doing there and uh, how well that game has translated over to that platform. I mean, it is Gears of War. One, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all there. But I want to talk a little bit. I mean, like, I don't need to explain to you guys what the concept of these games are. Like, Patrick, you've played a shit ton of XCOM. You know exactly what that looks like. Both Johnny and Chase are aware. I want to talk about the stuff that happens outside of these games or outside of the battles, because I think that's what's really interesting here with both of them. So Chimera Squad is more of a uh, each run is kind of a containment. I've had my first um, boss encounter. So there's three factions that you can pick to go against. Essentially, there's a big event that happens when you start the game and you have to investigate who you think is responsible for what happened. This takes place after the events of XCOM 2, a couple years. So there's a lot of aliens and uh, hybrids, all that living together. Um, So I took out the progeny first, which is human rebels that use like uh, the the psi power to manipulate everyone. They were trying to do that. Um, So I went through that tree of like fighting all those events in the city. And that was a ton of fun. The way it works, you're basically looking at a city map. And you're trying to keep civil unrest from happening. And if you don't manage everything correctly, civil unrest will happen and you lose and it's a wipe. You got to start over. Um, There's side missions. There's main missions. They're color coded by different things on the map. There's a lot of tinkering that goes into those missions because you can then think about like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or um, maybe chase like whenever you're playing Nino Kuni 2 and the stuff that you could do with your your city, how it's kind of like just on on a loop. You can basically, you've got uh, these factions that are on cooldown timers that you can send out into the city. So if unrest is getting too high in one particular part of the city, you can then send them out. They'll take it down for you automatically. They're also going to get you different material, whether you want to have um, resources for for like money or if you want to have more investigative points or anything like that, you can use all that for different things in the game. But there's also the things that you maybe are used to from an XCOM game. You've got the barracks where you're going to be able to load out your characters. You're going to be able to level them up. They do have um, preset stuff here. So you can't name your characters. You are getting people to your squad. You can unlock more. I did unlock a new one last night uh, named Zephyr. 
and she fucking rules. She's a hybrid that is melee only, which is really strange for a game like this. Um, so, huh. I got the snake. Yeah, um, snake lady. It is Torque. I remember, her and she's name. really cool. Yeah, Torque. Yeah, Torque. She's really Torque's awesome. She can shoot across the map and pull. I, I think to she's pretty clutch. I use her a lot for um, once you do that move that Johnny's talking about, where you can grab uh, an enemy or a team member that'll come right next to her, and then she has a move called Bind, where she wraps them up, and they are basically taking two damage every turn. Uh, but one of the things that's nice is when you're doing more of like an evacuation mission and you got to get everybody at a certain point, I usually bring her over first and leave her. And I just use her tongue to bring everybody over really quick when it's her turn. Um, and so there's a really cool offensive and defensive stuff you can do with her in that sense. But anyway, um, you can unlock these characters. They come into play. They've got um, every other skill point that you unlock for them or skill is predetermined. So like if you hit this level, this ranking, it's going to be this. But the other one, it's a this or that. Hey, you can have this particular thing where you get it here or if you choose this one. And it's usually more of like an offensive and defensive. Not always, but it kind of plays into one of those two. Um, You can craft good, better, best type armor. You can craft attachments for weapons and all that's done by... You pick what you want to build or research. You have to leave one of your squad members in there because nothing will complete if you don't have somebody sitting in in deck. Um, There's, of course, training where you can level up people because if you want to have certain skill sets, you have to be a sergeant or above. There's a whole world that happens outside of the battles. And quite frankly, I find that's where that's really interesting to me. The game mechanics, it's fun to shoot people. It's fun to like have to uh, you know adjust to what's happening and watch it unfold and with all the dice rolls but the stuff that i get to really plan the stuff that i have more control over on chimera squad is so so cool then you have gears tactics which is a very linear grandiose story 12 years before the events of gears of war where you are unfolding kind of what's been happening with the the gears and all that shit but it is a bit more on rails. And what I mean by that is it's a, it's just a steam engine moving forward the entire time telling the story. And yeah, they cut out, they cut out all that base shit that, I mean, that you, yeah, you can so still they, like upgrade your soldiers and tinker with them when they're back, but there's no, there's no like meta game that XCOM. Right. Seem to now have. there is something though, that is very familiar to me that I absolutely love. And I think that's, what's really got me excited about gears. Yes, you're not doing the meta, you're not doing the strategy, and there's not a game within a game. But the customization that comes from it. So when you're playing Gears of War, there's going to be loot chests. And so far, there's like common and rare, and they're using the gray, blue, and they're using the color schemes that you're used to in these types of games. And But there's no microtransactions. There's no microtransactions, which is great. And so there's always going to be, at the beginning of a, of a mission, it'll be like, okay, here's your objective. Here's what you're going to get for it. Here's a bonus. Uh, kill seven enemies with Overwatch, and you're going to get a rare chest for this, which is really cool. And you can find these chests, and every chest is going to have gear in it. That could be scopes. That could be butts. That could be uh, boots, armor, helmets, etc. You name it. And so what I love about this is, is every piece of gear, you can change the color. You can change the material on it. So if you want to have more like gunmetal or chrome, think uh, the way Anthem did a lot of the customizations for, for yeah, no, thank you. that oh, game. Anthem. Um, yeah. 
the way that you were able to, to customize the javelins, it's very similar here for the gears outfits. So you have like primary colors, accent colors. You can even do that for all the, the guns that they have, which is really cool. Do you have to uh, run under waterfalls? You do. Uh, there's they're lava falls, though, because it's Middle Earth. Keep up, Johnny. Um, and so oh, okay. the cool thing about gears also is they're the... The customization I love a whole lot, but the skill tree is by far superior to that of XCOM. It's Looks really dense. dense. And so you basically get two points per level up. And just like a skill tree would, would branch out, you know, you click this path, you go there. Um, and they all seem to be worthwhile things that you can upgrade and do, which is really great. Um, play style, like if you want this character to focus more on healing, you absolutely can. But the buffs and the, the 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 buffs and debuffs and all that shit that's happening while you're out there on the field can be a bit cumbersome. Like when you go to something like Chimera, Chimera Squad, your 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 tooltips, your bar that you're using is pretty condensed. Where on gears, the more I've played it, the bigger it gets, and there's a lot more spinning plates that I can choose from. Uh, I do like the dice roll prediction stuff. Whenever you hover over a character, it lets you know a lot of what's going into into that. I find it a yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Like if you have a sniper and you're too yep. close to an enemy, it gives you like a little red thing saying you're too close minus 4% Correct. to your hit rate because you're too close. And then, you know, plus whatever, because you have that ability or this ability. That's that's a cool thing that XCOM right. doesn't give you. Because there are times where I feel like I was in XCOM games and I, I'm pretty close to this guy. I feel like this should be a pretty high percentage. And it goes to like, nah, 40 i'm like that's bullshit how is this 40 because it's and, fucking XCOM. Right. that's why yes because it's fucking <laughs> XCOM. that's uh, hell even if it was 90 percent, it's really 40 percent. so there was also that uh so that's really cool that gears is is kind of giving more of that yeah to man the player. and I, I i would say that like consistently i think that chimera squad has been just a fun a fun game to mess around with uh a lot of tinkering there but the highs that i've had in gears have been really high and I just want to wrap up this point. I want to share two things that have happened with this game that really took me away in a, in a great way. So the way it works, the emergence, the, the emergence holes that happen in Gears where they are used to, when one of those opens up, you have to throw a grenade into it to close it. And if you don't, it's going to respawn every single turn. And it's just a real motherfucker. Oh. Um, oh. So you've got to not only handle with what's coming out of it, but you've got to figure out how to also use a grenade. Now your grenades are going to be on a cooldown. Some characters might be three turns. Some characters might be six. Some characters might have a stem grenade versus a frag grenade where they're going to heal you. Like you can throw basically a healing grenade, whatever it would be. Um, this one particular point in the game, uh, you get into a situation where you're, you're moving towards uh, some citizens and you want to try and help them out. Uh, an emergence hole happened to, to be coming up and you get an indicator when it's about to pop. I had just wiped the floor. All enemies were cleared out. I had the luxury of planning a move out. There was four pieces of cover that was going around where this emergence hole was coming out. I placed all four of my, my team members on the cover with overwatch happening over the emergence hole. The hole opens up. These two big ass grenadiers come out and everybody ping pong them the, here's what's so cool if you hit somebody the right way they start to topple over they can fall back into the hole and die and so i <laughs> laid out 
this entire crew got an achievement called pinata because every one of my members put a hit on somebody right before they died. It was so fucking cool. But then the other thing that happened shortly thereafter, the, they do a control point where it's kind of like you need to occupy these two zones and, and you're going to get supplies while the, the turns go, but you can't have the enemy come into it. So they have these two control points and the level design is brilliant on the, on this gears game. They got a bridge that goes across two sides where you are at, where the enemy is, but beneath the bridge on either side is where the control points are. I had just gotten my sniper before this level. I put my sniper on the bridge, put my squad down on the control points. And I just went to town with that sniper, just picking people off coming in while I had overwatch happening down there at the control points. It was amazing. It was such a cool feeling because you're getting the head pops like, you know, from gears of war. And then the sniper was downing enemies. So as, she downed these people. I would go and uh, basically curb stomp them while they're on the ground, get those moves recycled for my, for my people and then come back and do it. Gears tactics. Really fucking cool, man. It's a really cool game. So Bobby, I've got, I've got two questions for you. Uh, like about, about gears tactics. One have you fought anything big yet, like a Brumac or anything crazy um, like that? No, I have had to navigate being attacked by the Hammer of Dawn. Okay. And that's really, and think about that weapon on a tactic-based mm -hmm. setting. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, and then my other question is, and I asked this kind of you last week about both of these games, Chimera Squad and, and Gears of War, or Gears Tactics, but Permadeath um, yep. situation. I think I know oh a little God. bit more about Gears Tactics because there there's hero yep. characters that you have, and those can't die anywhere ever because they're like story important. But then there are other like soldier characters you have, like basic soldiers. Can they die? So I... Don't know. I think they can. I just haven't had anybody reach that point yet. Um, so sure. I have four hero characters now. One of them is a pre-order bonus, which is Coltrane. Uh, and it's yeah, Cole yeah, is like which is really gear. fucking cool. Um, but I have went down and you can revive people on the and there's also things that I've unlocked for certain characters where they can self revive. Um, it has a four turn cooldown, but I've had that happen. I haven't, I've only had to, uh, early in the game, I've only had to go back and, uh, redo something because you didn't have that skill learned yet. So I think that the other two, like your non-hero characters, I think are dispensable. You can get rid of them. Um, one cool thing about them, like XCOM, you can name them and you can customize them to a degree. Um, so, so you can do different feet cool. if you want them to have different hair facial features, tattoos, scars, etc. You can absolutely do that. But you can't change in, uh, the appearance except for armor of the main squad. Right. And and Chimera Squad is there like being that those are all You kind can of only change the armor any... tinting. No, oh, I mean I mean permadeath. Like can you no. just lose one of those characters? No. No. So if they if they okay. die or if they bleed out and you stop the bleeding um, you can craft AI bots that come in. You can do a, a, they all have loadouts. They have characteristics as well. They come in and replace them as you're going through the level. And then when you get back to your base, those individuals that went down have the scarring that you have to go through the training to remove oh, the, the permanent, the permanent right. buff. So you have to go through and get rid of that. Gotcha. Okay. 
Cool. Well, that's that's interesting. Like I like permadeath has always been like my least favorite feature yeah. in tactics games. Yeah. Uh, like I turn that off in Fire Emblem when I can for the games that have that ability. So it's kind of cool to see uh, games that like more tactic games that are that are doing that style. Like either having the forgiveness that something like Chimera Squad has, or at, at least like having. Here are units that you can safely lose, and here are other ones that are important sure. that you've got to keep. That's uh, um, that's cool. Chimera Squad, twenty bucks was on sale for ten when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. Gears of War is a sixty dollars game. It is on Game Pass if you have that. Uh, one thing to note for any of the listeners out there, I, it is a little different. This is not available on Xbox. This is only available on Windows. And, and I think, yeah. Oh, really? It's Windows only, so it's via, yeah. and it has full controller support on yeah. Windows. It'll, it'll it come will. to Xbox. Eventually. It will. I That's think that they so legit like. I'm not the first person to say this by any means, but I think it was an intentional move to to try and show the sincerity that they have about making this be a tactics based game and not just a console based thing. I think that they, they know that they're going up against XCOM. I mean, shit, Chimera Squad came out two days before this did, and so. Um, Chimera Squad, however, does not have controller support at this time, whereas Gears does. And I'm playing with the mouse and keyboard. It just works a lot better that way um, for what I'm doing on there. But it's it's phenomenal. It's on Game Pass. If you if you buy it on Steam or whatever else, it's going to be sixty dollars. Um, Chimera Squad, I think, is going for twenty right now. Also weird that yeah. it's on Steam. Even mm-hmm. weird shit. That makes sense. But yeah, that's it um, for me, guys. I, I don't want to take too much time. Um, Bobby. Um, how do you feel about the writing in Chimera Squad? It's not Borderlands bad. Like, <laughs> it's, it's definitely great, cheesy. Right? Like, it's it's. I think it's self aware enough so it's a B. It's a B roll. Like it's a B movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, like it's it's not it's quite comedy, as yeah. like off the fucking rails as like a Blood Dragon is, but it's got the pink and pink and purple hues to it. It's a lot brighter. It is more comical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're playing as a, a a ragtag kind of Suicide Squad meets Guardians of the Galaxy type vibe. Like when it comes to these groups of people coming together. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're like interspecies <laughs> yeah. police squad yeah. thing, just going uh-huh. out and fucking up people. Um, yeah, it's just that's uh, from the little bit that I played. It the writing, there's something about. Yeah, it I'm not playing of, this for the story by any means. Like where they didn't I have think their top tier guys work on Chimera Squad, um, that's a game I can pop in for 15 minutes, do a couple runs and feel very, very good. Gears, I want to sit down for an hour or two and like, uh, you know, take these acts, get to know the story, get to know what's going on with these characters and their history. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. that's been super fucking cool. Mm. Very weird that you guys are playing tactics games. I know, now. right? What's happening? Like, that's it's, not, that's not right. We've ascended, Chase. Well, because I don't have a PC. That's why. So that's it for me. Yeah. Play both of those games. They're both worth it. Very good. Uh, Will when they come to something that's I not guess, the PC. <laughs> I guess Johnny, my boy. Around me. If we must. If if we really have to, I don't know. <laughs> um, I will keep this as brief as I can because uh, I am chomping at the bit here to get into Final Fantasy VII talk. Um. Did I talk about Nino Cooney Brief- last week? Briefly. Very briefly, but yeah. Okay. So I'm about six, seven hours into this game. And the first one. I'm really disappointed. The first one. Nino Cooney, Wrath of the Right Wit Wrath of the White Witch. 
on the Switch. And Bobby Pisa's top five stands. games of all time. Yep. Um, and I have played Nino Kuni 2 a little bit. I played mm, 10, 15 hours of that game. This is so much better than that game. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> like, it's, it's a much different experience altogether. It's very different, but I also feel like it it's is. a better game mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I'm enjoying the the narrative more. I think I think I'm gonna like the combat more in this one as well. Uh, I really like the characters. Yep. Mr. Drippy's my boy. I like him a that's whole a, lot. That's a good oh, name. He's great. It's a great name. <laughs> he's a little Welsh he's a little accent elf dude with a lantern from his nose. So good. Um, yeah, tidy. Um, and Bobby, I'm so happy that you played this game because. It encouraged me to also pick it up. Uh, just hearing you go on about how how special and, and wonderful you think it is, and I think I'm going to have a lot of the same feelings once I conclude my time with it. Um, I got to get done with it uh, before Xenoblade Chronicles uh, remastered. I hope I did not overwhelm you. I I sent you a lot of very granular things to be looking at when it comes to building your team. You did, you did, and you, that that only built my excitement because whenever you and I send each other stuff like that for games that the other one's playing, it it only yeah, compounds. How, okay, this is really special. Bobby yep. wants me to get the most out of this. It's so, so strongly. good. He's doing this because so he cares. Because uh, yeah. he wants to overwhelm me. Um, so I'm really enjoying my time with that. I usually uh, mm-hmm. I'm playing in handheld mode mostly, which is just how I prefer to play my Switch yeah. uh, most of the time. And it's very good. I'm excited to play more of it. Um, still playing a good job with Jude. Uh, we clear out one or two of those rooms every night, feels like. And a game, I told, said you last week, very good fun co-op. Or even by yourself, I can imagine it being a good time. What's your favorite costume that you found so far? Uh, I found a guitar that I could strap to my back. Oh, yeah. And a purple mohawk. I've been rocking for a little while. Uh, there's also a crown I found that you can wear. Uh, Jude, also big fan of the Mohawk. Um, there's some really fun costumes you can get to really distinguish your character from the other nondescript little restroom sign-looking people mm-hmm. that, that they that mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Um, but the game that I probably spent the most time with yeah. since we last spoke. Say it. Uh, what the fuck is happening? Hell yeah. AKA Truck Stranding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> AKA Muddy Trucks. God, I love Truck Stranding. Um, <laughs> so, Patrick, are you aware of this game? Do you know what I've is? heard of it? <laughs> okay. But I don't know so, what it is. The, the, but the Truck Stranding part, that, that took me out. Because you, you are not a Death Stranding <laughs> fan. I didn't even play it. Patrick yeah. didn't play Death Stranding. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's being missing out on. The biggest Kojima fan that I I've am, ever met. and I just I like the more I like looked at it, I was like, I don't think this game is gonna be very good. And I've not heard a single good thing about that game. But go ahead, please, Truck Stranding. Uh, then you need to go back and listen to the Game of the Year episode for 2019. There are some good things about Death Stranding, and this takes this. Uh, SnowRunner takes those things like challenging traversal, uh, making your way across an unforgiving landscape, uh, upgrading your equipment, 
to make make it a bit easier if you to like, get across. If you like the mechanical li- challenges of something like a Death Stranding, but mm-hmm. don't want the bullshit. Any of the bullshit. <laughs> SnowRunner might be for you. Yeah. Okay, so Patrick, the whole premise of this game, uh, you're playing as a truck driver, right? That's it. You're a truck driver. You start in Michigan. You get a shitty little Chevy pickup truck, uh, and you have to help repair a bridge. So you haul some equipment to help repair this bridge. It opens up the map for you, and each job you earn a little bit of money, and you can use that money to buy more, buy better tires, or uh, get a snorkel so that you can drive through water without having to worry about, you know, submerging your vehicle. Um, and awesome. you can also <laughs> it's really fucking cool um but it's all mud and snow and ice the next level you unlock is alaska and so the roads are all covered oh, in yeah. ice you're driving across Damn frozen it. ponds and stuff uh traversing through snow yeah. um and i so it's also it can be a really slow game and i feel like they don't really give you enough money do they ever give you enough money johnny welcome Take a couple thousand. Get no. real. Uh, you get a couple thousand dollars for finishing a job, so you're, you're earning money. You're leveling up. You're actually leveling up your your truck driver, and so certain trucks are locked behind a level cap, um, which is weird. But uh, an exploit was revealed oh to me uh, to where you could basically duplicate your trucks. And so I did that. I gave myself a couple million dollars. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> Just dropped at a couple million dollars. <laughs> Some of these trucks are like $120,000. Johnny. <laughs> um, look, if I had the time to put in this game. To Your trucks are bad and you should honestly, feel bad. It's, a, it's so good. So I love this game. This is... One of the best games I played this year. Get I out. can't imagine it Get not being on out. the top 10 list somewhere. <laughs> I'm um, God, it's it's only fifty bucks. I I need it. I need it. I think after I finish Indivisible, I'm going to I'm going to get this. I, Final Fantasy. I don't want to hear anything about me playing MMOs at yeah. all. If you guys are playing trucking sims. <laughs> What's it called? Snow Runner. Snow Runner. All one word. Hell yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But what is happening? Nothing good. Nothing it's, good. Oh, man. Johnny. It's so good. On YouTube, it's like, uh, on YouTube, the title of this video is This is What Addiction is, Snow Runner. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. It is. Need it. I need it in my you, veins. Like, you want to keep making these deliveries. And, uh, you know, like Death Stranding, you're delivering materials so that the uh, more the map gets revealed, if you visit watchtowers, um, you're finding old abandoned vehicles that you can recover and, and that's part of your garage. Um, like I've had, I've had, I understand the appeal of a game like Euro truck simulator or American truck simulator, but I just could never get myself to play those games because it just seems so rote and boring. Like at this point you're just on roads driving, mm-hmm. but SnowRunner like takes the, the kind of relaxing part of of those games but also then dips it into this more interesting more mechanical yeah. more fuzzy 
Uh, and then it can, like you go from like the relaxation to the stressful because now your truck you, is stuck. You need to be paying attention. And you need a second truck to go take out your first truck. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. I can't wait to play it. Um, <laughs> if you get stuck and there's not a winch point nearby, you're fucked. You either have to recover your vehicle and go back to the garage, start all over, or like you said, take out one of your other trucks, fish it out. Um, and I've had ones where I was like the thing I was trying to haul, I couldn't haul behind me at the same time as I was traversing through this place. So what I had to do, I had to detach the trailer. I go forward. I winch to it. I pull it to me. I drive forward a little more. I winch. You it just to me get again, a shirt that says "Life's a Winch." And it was great. Johnny, <laughs> anyway. do you want to do you want to just cancel the Final Fantasy VII spoiler cast part of this and do a SnowRunner spoiler? The SnowRunner TED Talk. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. I think that's a good. good All right. Segment. So this is funny. This is good. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this game more once I start playing it, which hopefully Jesus will Christ, be soon. Patrick, take me with you whenever you leave. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for putting up with all that primarily that last half there um the time has come gentlemen we have to talk about final fantasy 7 remake uh i'm sure that you three yeah. will be talking about final fantasy 7 proper in some capacity alongside this um i don't know how you want to start to cut this pie up tonight i can can i can Please. i interject here um so bobby you being the only one among us who doesn't know most I don't even know who fucking Zach is game. at this point. Who the fuck's um, this dude? I was going to get to that. That's so, wild. This game, as you know, is the, the original is one of the most important games to me in my yeah. life. Um, and I have been dying for this remake ever since I first had the thought that they could remake Final Fantasy 7 to look better than it did when it first came out. Um, you never played a Final yeah. Fantasy game before. Uh, played a little bit of 7 played, on your Played iPad, 1. Dropped out. Played a little bit of 7. Played a little bit of 1. Game. Played a little bit of 7. Both on touchscreens. Mm-hmm. Played a little bit of 15. Played some 15. Played some Chrono Trigger. You've never... You did play Chrono Trigger. But you've never had a Final Fantasy mm. game really grab you. And so... The fact that this one, which has so much in it, which is like service right. to the fans and things that you might not get unless you've played the original game. Mm-hmm. So for you to play it and say this thing mm-hmm. is a fucking masterpiece, it just blows my mind a little bit. So um, I guess I, I would like to just start with your own experience with this and what it is about this game that makes you love it as much as you do, because in a lot of ways it doesn't make sense to me that someone who doesn't have the same affinity for the first one can be as into this as they are. Yeah, I think it's fair. Is that and let's let's put it out there. Great. Like this is, this is the spoiler, the spoiler warning for you. We're going to like go deep into both the remake, potentially some original final fantasy seven, Maybe we'll even, talk about the ending of the remake. Yeah, maybe even yeah. some of the other things that happen uh, around Final Fantasy VII, like Crisis Core. There'll Advent be some Nomura bashing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you if you do not want to know anything about these games, uh, this is your last chance for to sure. <clears throat> so give a few seconds here. All right. 
Um, Go ahead, Bobby. Tell us tell us your experience. And and I think I think we basically talked about the mechanics yeah. in these games yeah. enough that we can focus more on sure. the story and what the game's trying to do more than how it plays. I feel like we've, yeah, we've really no. covered that situation. Yeah, 100%. And we're all pretty positive. Why does this game speak to you? Yeah, so I think from a story standpoint, it's, I mean, it's a giant fucking mystery to me at this point in time. And like, I, I, I knew going into it that there was a lot more behind it that I wouldn't see for some time. I didn't think that I would want that to happen as quickly as it is. Like, as I want it now. And I didn't think that would be the case. I thought it would be like a game I... I get through and be like cool with it. Um, But knowing that like all these things are happening, like why are these people so oppressed? Why is there people literally living above them in this way? Like why is this okay to the the degree it is? Mm -hmm. Why is that section of the reactor missing or of the plate missing already? Like what's going on up above that's keeping everything down here the way it is, but people are just so okay with it. And, and of course you start to meet these characters and they're just so relatable. Like, to degree, like not like the way they look or maybe the way that they mm-hmm. talk, but it's a it's, it's a very human, human story. Stories. Like you you all know that friend who wants to go out and do more. You all know that protector that you have in your life. You all have those people that that are they a crush? Are they not a crush? Like what's really going on here with this? Is this a relationship? Like I can't tell if you're into me. I can't tell if I'm into you. Like that whole concept that's layered into it. There's so many different things happening, and it's like everybody knows but you. And you're trying to figure out how to get up to speed on that. So that, to me, immediately took me into it. When I play video games, I play video games as a form of not only entertainment, but as escapism. I I immerse myself in what I'm playing. I I go to those places. I think about those places. It occupies my brain for a very long period of time, usually. And Bobby can escape to a place where he has... Cool, spiky blonde hair. No hair. Instead of yeah. the no hair. Wonderful. Now. But I think that, like, <laughs> even in that setting, like, holy shit, Midgar was really cool looking. Like, looking up and seeing the plate above you or yeah. how those worlds looked. Like, being in that world, I found very fascinating that they had created. So there was always this need to want to see more of it. Um, and again, when I play a video game, I do love combat. I think combat is something that I really appreciate. And the combat was phenomenal in this game. It was so good. I love tinkering. I like the materia being able to like level up an object that I could then put over to somebody else as they're leveling up and then having this really expansive skill tree that would grow as I leveled up weapon skills and then uh the chasing the carrot of okay, well you need to you need to level this up so you can then bring that skill set over to this new weapon that you're looking for. I love customization. I think I even mentioned it on the show before, but the fact that when you upgrade a weapon, it looks different. And I think that's so cool when you get an aesthetic change with it. I love that when I swap materia out on my sword, I could see, oh, there's that one materia that I have right now. Like, I know that I got that equipped. Like, that little visual nuance was so cool to me that they did that. Like, those are things that really grasped me right away. But again, I think the game's heart is the biggest thing for me. Like, this game oozes heart. Like, it's got this tenacity. No. Kingdom heart. One no, hush, please. Damn it, Johnny. I'm trying so hard. And you got to come in here. Oh, Kingdom Kingdom Hearts is going to have to come up later in this discussion, but, but not I right think, now. Yeah, to shit yeah. on it. But I think exactly. that the other piece, too, is, is like how much... The one thing I was not prepared for is how much I love the characters in this game. And I think that was, mm-hmm. for me, the biggest... like 
holy shit, I actually do care about the people that I'm playing as right now. I care about the story that's happening. And they did such a good job. I didn't realize this until a good chunk through it. And I wouldn't have known it until, you know, you all told me, but the characters that I really love the most were, were very minimal in the original, which was avalanche. Like I loved Biggs, wedge and Jesse, like Jesse primarily, like Jesse stole my heart in this game. And, um, you know, one of my favorite moments in the game was eating pizza at her parents' house. Like that's going to be on my list or one of my favorite moments of the year. Like I, that whole sequence, and you didn't, you didn't even get any pizza that you're supposed to. <laughs> so <laughs> you had to sneak in her. Um, little other squirrely shit. Like I like that you can collect soundtracks. I love being able to go to a jukebox and play a song that I like. I love. Oh, and that it's so great. So the good. music was like everything yeah. about it. Across one hundred percent. I can keep going and going, but it's not about me as much as it's about you guys because you got what much more of a history with it. But those are some of the things, Johnny, that like really dug their claws into me and made me want to stick around and love this game. <clears throat> That's awesome, man. It, it it really speaks to the strengths and things that they've done, being able to stand on their own and not this just being a chance to cash in on people's nostalgia. Because that's a big part of it, obviously, um, is, you know, taking what people love and honoring it and then altering it in some ways. Um, it's It's really, really interesting, I think what they've done and i and for them can we can we all just say really quickly whether we liked or disliked the i liked ending? the ending i i have more complex feelings than like or dislike <laughs> i loved every fucking yeah. second of it <laughs> oh it Me was batshit insane and i was like this is what i want yeah it was great <laughs> this is anime <laughs> all right we'll 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 talk about the ending i think the ending is is maybe the most interesting point of discussion here for for the game mm-hmm. but i think we still need more setup before we get there definitely patrick definitely. you are our guest yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i would love to hear more about what you thought of the game in a in a more general sense uh how was it going back to midgar um uh, like the sights the sounds the characters where and and also a little bit more of your history because we we don't know your specific history the audience doesn't know your history with final fantasy 7 like they know ours from our previous podcast. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, my memories of Final Fantasy VII started with me and my homeboy Theo. We would rent this game all the time, and how we had to be like what nine years old, <clears throat> and we would only get to the uh, Rufus fight. That's as far as we would get. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I, um, I convinced my mom to buy it and we got past the Rufus fight. We escaped from the headquarters and then we were outside of uh, Sector 6, the playground or whatever. And we went outside <laughs> of <laughs> Sector 6 and there was this whole world and that yeah. I will never forget that moment. I mean, that's one of the that's probably the most important moment in my time ever playing video games because, you know, the whole time we thought the game took place in Midgar, you know, and, you know, we were going to, you know, bring down Shinra and everything, you know, that was the goal. But then, you know, Sifiroth sta- uh, stabbed, you know, um, the head, yeah, 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 stabbed him and then, you know, things kept ramping up at such a, you know, at a fast pace and then all of a sudden we have to leave Midgar and there's this 
huge world in front of us and it was it, it was mind-blowing it was unlike anything i had ever ever seen and i didn't see it coming at all you know and so it now i was like okay well this is why this game is three discs long you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah like that's when it hit um and yeah i i just i fell in love with that game like at that point i was just like i was i was so blown away i just needed more and then from that from from that moment on i just every single thing about that game i just devoured for years and years and years um and i mean it's up there it's probably my second favorite game of all time the, the original or the remake and I, yeah yeah no, the original definitely uh the original and um yeah and it's all about the characters for me you know it yep. that even i mean even back then they were so they were so um nuanced and personal and you know you, you felt right. for them even even red 13 you know his story which i'm not going to get into but even you know even <laughs> you know whatever animal he is even feeling his plight you know that really that yeah. really affected let me ask you, know, you a question so, about that just so to, i've asked my yeah. cousin this question i think maybe i asked johnny i haven't asked you this chase knowing that this game when you first played it you probably in your head envisioned how people sounded how was that? Yep. Oh boy! This time, being able to hear voices, bringing some of these characters to life, did it let you down? Were you excited about it? Where does that fall into place? Everyone, everyone was spot on except for yeah. Man. Barrett. Like it was rough. That was. Yeah. It was yeah. heartbreaking. It was. It was. It was extremely heartbreaking. And I, I think what's really heartbreaking is there are moments where he's really good. Yes. Like when he's giving when he's giving one yeah. of those impassioned speeches about saving the planet and how much Shinra is fucking things over. Like, yeah, I start to feel the charisma. And then like right after that, it's yeah. da, 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 da. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Yeah. So I mean <sighs> it, and so they um you know, his his, his character design was Based on you know right. Mr. T, you know, the big black, you know, you know, right. uh, burly, you know, soldier guy. And I was hoping that since this is, you know, 2019 right. or 2020, um, that, you know, they will kind of calm that right. down a little bit, you know, and especially especially with him actually being voiced, like they could kind of steer away from that. And no, they went. I know, man. <laughs> they it went, was distracting. Yeah, it yeah, honestly was distracting. Into it. Not so. Yeah, not at all. And. <laughs> And so, I mean, just like Chase said, you know, there were some moments where he was extremely charismatic and he drew you in just just yeah, from his... and you're like, okay, this is why these people follow yes, him. you know, because he was so passionate. And then and, the illusion would be yes, broken. You know, I mean, I mean he's, he's still my favorite character in the right. remake, you know, um, just because I just love the way he... He was always down for the team yeah. and he was always down for his people and his, you know, in Sector 7, like... That really, really, really yeah. touched me. Um, he probably benefited and, the most from the new combat too, from what I've been told. Yeah, yeah, he did um, because like it felt like there were certain sections that were designed yeah. around Barrett and you know his long range combat. For sure. Um, but 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 yeah, so no, they they nailed it with all the characters, especially Aerith. Yeah. You know, like they yeah, like mm -hmm. they made her a smartass, and you know they gave her a lot of. Uh, a lot of characters. So did yeah, you see the video of her, her voice act actress watching the gameplay? Uh, I have it's, not. Yeah, it's so good. She it's basically really breaks down crying when she like, sees her voice with really? the character. 
It's whenever her and Cloud mm-hmm. first meet and she gives him the flower. She's yeah. watching that and she just starts to cry. It's so good, man. It's yeah. so good. I mean, I mean they did a, they did they did a very 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 good job with her, you know, because I mean, in the first game or in the original, there honestly there wasn't that much sure. to her. You know, that at least in my opinion, compared to everyone else. Um, so they gave her a lot of life in this one, and it was very, very cool. Like when she started giving Cloud shit, I was like, "Okay, right. that's my girl. All right, I'm with this." <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you brood. Yeah, that was. God, it was. Yeah, it was so good. So, uh, so yeah, and just seeing, just of course, you know, with modern technology, just seeing this whole thing come to life the way it did. Just like Bobby, you said earlier, like looking up at the plates, like it was. Yeah. That was insane. The sense of space. You know, mm-hmm. just seeing it. Yeah, there's no doing that in the yeah. original because it was all but we have, pre-rendered backgrounds. We have had moments like this, though. Like, there is there is Advent Children yeah. that we can point to where, like, this is, like, that's a movie, and I know that's a different thing, but here is Midgar in in a form that you can look at that is super high definition. These characters have had voices before. In fact, like, Barrett used to be voiced by the guy who was Jet in, uh, in Cowboy Bebop. Is that so like okay. when when I hear when I hear Barrett in this game, like it sounds a little weird to me because I'm expecting him to sound like Jet. Uh, Vincent, <laughs> who a character you haven't met yet, Bobby, like he's voiced by Spike Spiegel from from Cowboy Bebop. So it's like that's I've not that's met who him I'm either. looking for for some mm. of these. Right? No, rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, like there. So so when you ask like did these characters sound the way you kind of expected them to? I think they did a fine job for sure uh, on on the whole. But they're because I'm uh, an apologist for Advent Children. I think there was definitely some voices. <laughs> I really like Advent. Children. I love Advent Children. It's not good, but I love it. It's, no, uh, it's not. But I still love uh, it. Like there was there was definitely some God expectations. Like Cloud, Cloud kind of sounds like the Cloud that I expect. Sephiroth, uh, mostly like he's not quite there, but like they're. They're almost all there, and I think I really the biggest star from this one is is Tifa. Now I know I'm a little bit biased. I mentioned before I like the voice actress Britt Barron. She's been on uh, that Netflix show Glow that I really like, so I already mm. like her and him and like feel some affinity. But yeah, uh, going back to Advent Children, which I did after I finished the remake, like Tifa's voice actress just sounds like so sheepish in that in that movie. And I think Britt Barron does a way better job of giving Tifa a lot more emotional weight in the remake mm-hmm. because like, I think she is maybe the most central character in this in terms of all the, I thought all the Tifa effort was great. that yeah. gets put into. Yeah. Yeah. Tifa's awesome. And Tifa is not a character I've usually been super invested in. I, there are other Final Fantasy VII characters I like more than Tifa. And I kind of had to reevaluate that this time. Because, like, I just think that they did a much better job with her. Well, if you want to bring the pain, you bring teeth. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Just like the oh way she God. played, for sure. Like, it was yeah. so much fun using her in combat. Um, yeah, it's... There is, there is this kind of weird feeling of... Like this is this is much better in so many ways. Like th- honestly, this game looks better than Advent Children in a ton of areas, just graphically. It does still have some pre-rendered backgrounds, which are 
weird in a 2020 game yeah. like they they almost feel a little homage compare like going back to the original final fantasy little, 7 yeah. Yeah. those like when you're way yeah. up high in the plates yeah but also looking yep. down with a game with characters that look that good those pre-rendered backgrounds look so shit it was endearing yeah. you know what i mean to sure me, yeah totally like it's you. it's something i can i can knock it off but there yeah. is like I, yeah, I can do it. Especially that. in that ending third, where you're like climbing up the the climbing up to get to the the upper plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there are so many pre rendered backgrounds on that, and I just think the level design looks so terrible on that entire journey. That that was the worst slog part of the game for me. It's just yeah. like going up this <laughs> broken ass shit that looks terrible. Ugh. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long, but it was. It was longer than it needed to be, and it felt longer. I felt that way about the uh, the train section. I did not sure. like the train section at all. Yeah. Oh, with the yeah. ghosts. That was interesting, though how they how they changed that stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. So, but... Johnny, you you brought up the ghosts. I think like, yeah. that's that's the most important thing to talk about in terms. Cause it does tie into the ending, but. Like, this is where the game really diverges. Like, literally, this is the yeah. whole point of the divergence is the whispers, the, the right. time ghosts, yep. as it were. The Dementor. <laughs> yeah. It's... So, speaking somewhat generally, mm-hmm. and, and this, I guess, like mentions the ending of the remake a little bit in it, but I, I think the time ghosts, the, the whispers, are really cool in that they are... They are the arbiters of fate. They are destiny right. itself. And the the whispers are trying to keep Final Fantasy VII as Final Fantasy VII. They are trying to keep things canon. So any little change that happens throughout the remake that is different from the original FF7, those, those whispers show up to try to... They step in. They step in. They try to put things back into place. And when bigger events like uh, Barrett getting stabbed pretty pretty late into the game by Sephiroth, yeah, like God. Bobby, that just doesn't happen. And I did find that out, game. but like, no, at the, like that's at the time. I was like, well, shit. I, I guess was so that's upset. that's it for him. And like, I there was a point right. of me who didn't know. Like, think about that for a second. Like, think about it from my perspective, and that it's not that it's about me, but I've never played not this. Totally. I have no frame of reference if he's even in the rest of this game so in that moment like i legitimately thought i just lost barrett and that added such a weight to what was going on and i think that's my main issue with final fantasy 7 remake is that i i'm thinking more from your point of view bobby or anybody who is just playing this without really knowing what final fantasy 7 is those this this game is almost not for you <laughs> because it's not made for you despite feeling like it should be like because right so my my view of it is that the whispers this is getting a little meta but i think the whispers represent hardcore original final fantasy 7 fans that went that and they don't want stuff to they change. don't want stuff to change at all they want a remake that is absolutely perfect recreation of final fantasy 7 just right. with prettier graphics and so any little thing like, oh, I don't know. What if Barrett died? They're like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's so important that Barrett lives throughout the entire game. Like, oh, what if what if Aerith didn't 
see Cloud at this point in the in the game. Like, no, no, no. She she has she has to be over here. And uh, <laughs> what if she falls off this? Right. Off yeah. Leg? No, she yeah. can't. Second she can't fall off. That, that'd be bad. That's not how it. Play, that's not how it played in the original. And I can see like there's this tension between the the audience, the hardcore fans that represent the whispers, and the developers. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura probably specifically who's like I'm trying to make a new experience here like you guys have had that game that game's out there you can play the original let's try to do something different let's try to do something new let's surprise and delight or whatever and I feel like his ideas the developers ideas they go more into Aerith and Sephiroth because those two characters like let on that they they know what's happening. They understand the they canon of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. They know what the future holds for them. And they're both not satisfied with that future oh, yeah. in different ways. So, so they, are, they are interested in changing fate. And changing fate requires you to stop the whispered, to shut up the fanboys so we can actually put on something new and interesting. So like that's where that ending culminates to like Sephiroth cuts open uh, like a new dimension out of the whispers and Aerith cleanses it or does like something to it to further open it up and your party goes in and you fight the whispers. You fight fate itself. You fight the embodiment of destiny. Yeah, you kill destiny, which, which I, Johnny's been what? trying to kill destiny on this podcast for years nice. and hasn't been able to. Nice. <laughs> Unsuccessful. Um, but but you end up killing destiny, which means that now everything's changed, that everything can change. The can I ask you guys a very specific totally. question? Yes, we might not I know, be able I know to give I'm you a not very gonna specific answer, answer. Here, but I just got I got to talk about it because it's the one thing for some reason I don't know why I'm so hung up on it. The one thing from this game that has me fucked up is Zach, and yeah, a character is yep. not even named. If you don't have the subtitles on, you wouldn't even know who right. that character is. And so I know that I know just from talking to Johnny and Jason that. That Zach was in the original, where you see him, his last stand was a last stand. He died there. And I know right. that yep. where we see him in the game, walking with Cloud, is new. And that that didn't happen. And so there's a couple things now. Like, Zach could be a playable character. But what really fucks me up is, is like, why does Zach have the same sword as you? Why does Zach have the same outfit as you? Why does Zach? <laughs> that we can't, oh, that we like, can't tell you. But but yeah. an interesting thing that you didn't mention in that scene that happens at the end is that there's a piece of trash that goes by Zach as he lives yeah. and it's a little like chip bag or something and it's got it's got the picture of Stamp, no, I saw that. the little dog Stamp. and but it's a different breed of dog and he's wearing a different hat so the idea is that maybe that's a completely different dimension now that you've now that you've destroyed yeah. fate Everything can change, so that changes that setting. Now, who knows where that might intersect again? This is where the Tetsunomura, Tetsunomura, I mispronounced his name twice, Tetsuya Nomura, uh, just came off of Kingdom Hearts 3 to jump in and work on FF7 Remake. Ugh. And I feel like he brought a bunch of that. Is Kingdom that kind Hearts of the type of thing that happens? Because I don't play those games, I don't know anything about them. 
so I don't play Kingdom Hearts either, but yes, meta bullshit okay. is all Kingdom Hearts is. You're, you're breaking Patrick again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's awful. And I, I'm broken too. Like I think that part sucks. And like this gets back to my issue is that the Final Fantasy VII remake is made for people like Johnny and Patrick and me, where we can detail all those references, where we can see that criticism by Nomura, who's saying, you already have your game. You could go back and play Final Fantasy VII. You have those memories. You know everything that's going to happen. Wouldn't you rather see something new? And we can go, okay, I see where you're going with this. That's cool and interesting. And also, I have a pretty new game to play. But you're over here, and the people you represent, the people who have never played Final Fantasy VII, right. the original, go in, and that's over your head. Sure. Like there are times where the, yeah. the the whispers like beam future events into cloud. Like they bo- like you see, oh, that's some. Yeah. If you've played the original Final well, Fantasy VII, it, Jason go, told oh, me that there was like oh, that's especially right. in that final battle, like you're seeing actual shit that happened, like cutscenes and shit from the original game. Which is wild to think about. Right. Yeah. And it's all teases. It's all teases. But for us who've played it, we get those references. For you who hasn't, you're just like, I don't know who the fuck those things were. I don't know what so, that So meant. in the moment when I didn't know, know. And that's like, what kind of sucks about it. I immediately was just thinking like, so here's what I knew. Like, I knew this game would continue. I thought, okay, you're getting teased as what's to come. I didn't think of it as what it was or was it, what, what it would be. Like, as somebody with fresh eyes playing this, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So like. I'm in fate. I know that I'm fighting fate right now. Like I'm seeing what this is going to like basically potentially become or what fate could be. I never once thought like, Oh, that was this from that. Like it wasn't a distraction for me. It was just like a, a thing. You, you knew that these were the things that you were trying to potentially avoid or. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was very simple for me. Is like, there's a lot of things happening within fate at any given moment. And the particular elements of like fighting fate means that you're either fighting what's inevitable or you're fighting to change what can be. And like for. Did you use assess on those three uh-huh. har- like the yeah. three parts of the, the harbinger mm-hmm. and you saw that it said they yeah. came from a future and also one yeah. used a sword, one used a gun and yeah. one used fists yeah. just like Barrett Tifa and, yeah. and Barrett and cloud. Yeah. yeah. So like that that further goes into hey parallel universes, right. future trying to change the past, past trying to change the future. It's it's going to get really complicated in these future games. And the bummer is that like Bobby, you will still like as these games go on, you're still not going to know the story of right. Final Fantasy VII. And it's a really classic story. Uh, it's not right. perfect for sure. But you're just going to miss out on that unless you play the original game. And that's just a real catch-22 because the whole play point the game. Yeah. was like, sure. here is your way to play the game and experience that without having to go back to the graphics that are just hard to look at now. But you I can't know. get that same experience I know. It's really fucking game. terrible. <laughs> <It's> <clears throat> Let me ask you guys another question because yeah. I had a few here for my three professionals. Um, one of the moments in the game that really stood out to me that I just was like, my jaw was on the floor was the amphitheater and Shinra whenever you go through and when it fucking blew up and you got to see what wasn't Midgar for the first time. And I was just like, wow, that's really fucking cool looking. Like I would love to be there and all the shit that's coming your way. Like that was a really powerful moment for me in the game. Like, I don't know if there was any Easter eggs for you guys that you saw things that 
that would be like, holy shit, there it is. Or what that, what would that be like? Like, I would love to know your thoughts on that particular sequence. Was it, was it as impactful for you all? Like, cause I thought it was great. It was crazy. It, uh, yeah, it was crazy for me seeing the ancients, right. um, because mm-hmm. they weren't, they didn't show their civilization in the original game, did they? I don't, I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Did they? That. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's some key moments that take place. You want me to mute? Uh, in places <laughs> where the ancients. I'm, yeah, I know there's. No, you're fine, I, I, I know there's like one place that kind of hints at it, but. I never, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember them going into like detail about what their civilization was like and stuff like that. So I don't think that that, that yeah. happened, but like, it was cool to see it. So Bobby, I think like w- what they did, um, because this is all, it's what's essentially a five hour chunk of the original game. They also sprinkled in things that you wouldn't right. have gotten to. Mm-hmm. You, you would have never seen game. Sephiroth at this point in Final Fantasy yeah. VII. Mm-hmm. You've never seen Sephiroth. Uh, there was no um, uh, battle area, battle arena, until you get to the Golden Saucer. Um, a lot of the weapons that Cloud gets, you do not get those in Midgar. Uh, right. Same with the weapons for you know Tifa Damn. and Barrett. So you, potentially you uh, might be getting breaks, weapons like that you've that. never seen before in the, in the games to come. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there are still some some that you know we they didn't. That's get exciting. This one, um, but they they rode this line between uh, keeping it dedicated to just what happens in Midgar, but also, hey guys, we know that you want to see some shit that right. you wouldn't have normally seen by now because it's going to be at least a couple years before this next game comes out. Um, so that moment for me in the Shinra building. Uh, exposition exposition yeah. dump, right? Right, basically is what that was. Um, but also to me, nice. It was cool to see those things that I'd seen in the past. So in the in the um, original game, like in a new life. after that motorcycle escape sequence, like that's that's it. Like you just leave Midgar mm-hmm. after that. So yep. whenever whenever Sephiroth opens that that portal. Like none of that right. happens in in original Final Fantasy VII, and things have diverted already before then too. Like in the original game, uh, when you go and you um, confront the president of of Shinra, when when Barrett gets stabbed in the remake, like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. We establish that, but like you get captured at that Got point, it. and you get like put in a cell for a full day, yeah. and then the cells just open and everyone's dead, and you go back to the office. And the the Shinra president is just run through with a sword, and it's the Masamune, yep. the one that that Sephiroth uses. So you still yep. don't see Sephiroth at that point, but you know who he is. You know he's, right. he's this guy, yeah. And you see you're you're walking through this bloody chaos that he's caused. Um, also, they skip and it really, they skip the bestiality, which I thought was a really uh, you know <laughs> good good choice. Cross dressing yeah. still there, but the bestiality. Hey, what 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 what? They yeah. they took it off. I was I was There's wondering if that was going to uh, happen in this game. There's a I was so scared that was going to happen. So Bobby, you remember uh, when Hojo is the Professor Hojo is talking about yeah. breeding Aerith? Like she he wants to mm-hmm. he wants to bring uh, somebody else in to to breed with Aerith to get uh, like a better blooded ancient. Yeah. So I I feel like in the remake they are they are hinting that that's mm-hmm. Sephiroth or maybe even Cloud. Like I think it's Sephiroth that yeah. they're talking about. 
Um, in in Final Fantasy VII, it's Red Thirteen, and they yep. throw that dog into the cell with Aerith, and he's just like, "Well, well, let's see what nature does." And then Barrett shoots the shoots the container, and that's how you get Red Thirteen on your team and save Aerith back. So, like, that's a divergence that the time ghosts seem to go like, "Yeah, we're cool with that. That's fine." <laughs> <laughs> Red Red Uh is a sweet boy. Cross-dressing, though, totally. Let's go for it. He's a sweet boy. More of that, please. You don't need to do that to him. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's do... So, we don't have a ton of time left, guys. So, I want to make sure that we can address some burning questions you all might have um, on on what that is. Um, I'll let you answer these two quick-fire ones. Who's who's Jules and what's up with with them? What's up with the, the squats? Oh, we uh, like Jules is not in original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah. there's okay. a squat mini game in the original one, and they they were like, "We got to put this in the remake." Also, Zach then, Zach really likes squats, but like that's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you guys know that Jules is um Andrea's? Brother? Really? Yeah. Huh, okay, really? that makes some sense. I that guess was that the other. So that's a nice segue, Patrick. My other question would be. Um, obviously, I knew about the cross-dressing and things like that. That's where I, I had stopped in the game. Um, not because of that, but because of just I was fed up with how it looked. Um, how <laughs> how amazing was the dance sequence? <laughs> was it everything so you hoped it to be? It, it yes. was the most yes. Yakuza Final Fantasy has ever been. Yeah. That's what I hear. I, I don't know the reference. Someday, maybe I will. Yeah. It was such a good yeah. moment. I, I had a big, stupid grin on my face the yeah, whole time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then when, once I learned it was yeah. like a little mini rhythm game. It's so good. Even better. Uh, what about you all? Like, what, what are some of the burning questions yeah. you have for the spoiler cast of, of where Final Fantasy VII is? Bobby, I think yeah. this is a... When do we get the yeah. next one? <laughs> yeah, well, that's definitely a burning I mean, question. Bo- you- Bobby, I think this is a good time for you to maybe bug out for okay. just a bit so we can... So the adults can talk. Will you talk really quick? Okay, I can't hear yeah. anything. So hear just us? either type or give me a thumbs up or Perfect. something, and I'll I'll show back up. Okay, okay, can do. He doesn't fucking know that Aerith dies. He doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't how? Know. How That's can anyone go outrageous. through? How can anyone go through life right. without that osmosis piercing them? Like that's oh my god. And I I was I was just looking uh, a little bit ago. That moment was voted the number one most important story moment in video games. On I have a feeling he's, he knows like it or has seen it, just can, is not putting two and two together that that's from Final Fantasy VII. I think, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I support that 100%. He's like, he's I, like don't I don't know, some I Japanese know. girl got stabbed by some dude yeah. and it's mattered to people, but he doesn't know that it's this girl and that dude. Ugh. And then when it happens, he's going to be like, Oh my fucking god! <laughs> well, that's the shit. thing. Is it going to happen? Fate's gone now. It Everything's better. up for grabs. I, I think, I think at the end of the day, she will still die, and it'll be about you can't truly defy yeah. your yeah, destiny. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's that is that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to keep like the major story beats, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but or she knows. Yeah, she already knows. I'm pretty sure. Like, totally. There's no reality from when she does not escape. When this she fate. hugged Marlene, I think that's when it really, you know, that's when it really hit for me. 
like, okay, yeah, she knows. She she knows she's gonna die. No matter what else happens, she knows something's gonna happen. Cause she yeah, cause like she already knew Marlene's name before she'd even met or heard of Marlene. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. aware of the story that's happening here. But yeah. but and she's trying to like Sephiroth is definitely trying to change fate because he dies. He know he, he knows that like it doesn't work out for him. But um, Aerith like is kind of cool with things that are happening, but I think yeah. is like, hey, and I there think, may be a better way to go about this too yeah. to to prevent some deaths. I, I, and her last line, one of her last lines is saying, I'm gonna miss that steel sky, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe she knows she's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So my my worry is that because you've killed fate, I I hope it works out like you guys have said that you know some like fate can be changed up to a point, but like there are some things like Aerith's death that you cannot prevent. My worry though is that they're gonna pull some hey if you get the bad ending kind of thing, Aerith will die. That's how most people are going to experience the Mm-mm. game, and she'll still die. No, but but you can do this very specific a uh, number of events as you play through the get story. A game shark. And, get a game shark. and yeah, definitely, and she can live. And I hope they don't do that because it is such like it is that iconic moment. It is the emotional point of this game it gives so much weight and think of how much harder it would hit this time around yep with all the extra time they're able to put into building her character yeah up. it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do one one more thing that uh that maybe you guys didn't quite catch because it is really uh obscured the way they talk about it when when cloud and sephiroth are battling at the end of the world or whatever and Sephiroth okay. goes into his speech and says, you know, you have you'll have seven seconds. And what are you going to do? Uh, apparently that scene where she dies is seven seconds long. Sephiroth comes down from the ceiling and stabs her. And that's oh. that is a seven second window. And I think that's Sephiroth saying like, hey, yeah, I'm going to kill her. And you have seven seconds to stop that from happening. And so that's I, I I don't know what else that seven seconds could be like that that seems like a very specific reference to something but also really oblique uh, unless you go back and know that that scene is seven seconds. I thought I thought it that scene uh, was him bringing Zach or keeping Zach alive. That's what I thought that was. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but I could very well could very well be wrong. But that that was my interpretation. Well, do we want to bring him back? Uh, Bob, Bobby, I mean, not Aerith or Zach. Do we, want to, <laughs> do we really want to bring Zach back? Uh, <laughs> hey, I played a lot of Crisis think, Core. Zach, Zach, I feel pretty good about. Do you guys think Zach will actually like be back in a significant way? I don't, I don't think he'll be playable, but I, I think I think there might be like thinking about something like Advent Children, where like he and Aerith. We're still like actors in that story, despite both being dead. I could see them pulling something like that, that there's I, I don't think you're going to go over to a parallel world. But I think that like maybe somebody's able to speak through that and somebody's going to like open it up just enough to say like, hey, watch out. And then like Cloud can duck some deadly attack that's about to hit him. Uh, like I could see some bleed over like that, but I I hope that they keep yeah. it relatively close to the chest and and play it yeah. pretty straight. Because again, like I don't think Final Fantasy VII's story is perfect. There are definitely problems. I think it's 
pretty stupid that like Cloud ends up attacking all of his friends because he remembers that he's Zack and he's not Cloud and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and Sephiroth's controlling him and also Sephiroth was never Sephiroth and he was actually Genova but this is now the real Sephiroth and like that yeah. stuff can get convoluted and ridiculous but I mean I, I do think... hope he um oh go ahead go ahead and finish well I just I I I would like to see them take a little bit more of a I this game's ridiculous for sure but I would like to see them try to remain grounded for as long as possible before like shit really hits the fan. Shit goes but then the again, we yeah. just killed fucking Destiny, so I yeah. guess shit has already hit the fan. <laughs> I do I I do want to see uh Cloud have his little existential breakdown for a minute and then Tifa becomes a party leader mm-hmm. or Sid, whichever one. Sure. Um yeah, and that's what I'm most excited about. I'm so excited about Sid. Yeah, I want to see w- Sid. I want to see, see Vincent. S- love Sid. I want to yes. see Yuffie. I need Kate Sid no, for my life. I, 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 I Kate Sid? See- He's in there. <laughs> I know. Briefly, uh, like for the flashest of a second, you're like, "Wait, who the fuck's that cat?" I'm I'm amazed Bobby didn't yeah. bring that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sid and Sid and Barrett, I think they're going to be two grumpy old men, and it's going to make me very happy. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. All right, we have to Let, bring let's bring Bobby him back in. in. Ah, I can't wait. To All right. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited to see the snowboard. Did you guys get it all out of your system? You good now? We did. Uh, yeah. I think we're. Good. I think we're pretty we, good. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we wrap it up? Sure. Okay. I need. Yes, I need. Um, to Patrick, up. first and foremost, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. It's really good to see you. We'd like to have for you on more me. often, and uh, yeah, we'd sure. love to pop for in sure. on your Twitch channel and support that. I love that you're doing that, um, and I can't say thank you enough for the music. Like it really is. You capture the identity of our show in a way that I never could have imagined. Yes. And thank you. Yeah. Oh man. Thank you. For if that. he really wanted to capture the identity, he'd make much yeah. worse music. Yeah. The music is arguably <laughs> the best part of our no. show. This show is not, cool. not even an this argument. This show is great. And I'm very, very, very proud of you all for keeping it going the way you, Thanks. you have been. Oh, thank you. Seriously. Um, yeah. Coming up on four yeah, years. That's, you know, that's some real shit right there. So yeah, that, that's thank you. Uh, oh, an entire president. We've been better than that at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Feels feels longer than that. Um, <laughs> so so Patrick, about your music, oh why don't you go ahead and run through your plugs? Where can people find you, follow you, get to know you better? Yeah, sure. Um, I have the same name on everything, so it's P Brown Aeon um, A E O N. Um, that is a Final Fantasy X reference, in case you all were wondering. Uh, so yeah, hit me up. Uh, literally Instagram, Twitter, my website, all oh, of it yeah. is P Brown the Aeon. Uh, my Twitch channel is P Brown Plays. Um, and so, yeah, I will give you guys a schedule and yeah, just hit me up, follow me. I'm always working on music. Um, so, yeah, Very more to cool, come man. on that. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope we can get you in instead of waiting another 164 episodes. I know. Yeah, for sure. You know, I like I said, I mean, I'm a rapper, so I love running my mouth. So, uh, yeah, just maybe maybe we can have a uh, pretty good at it. A deliberations episode of our game of the year. Have you come on and talk a little about that when we start to do some of our fun categories? And and I would love that. Yeah, we'll we'll save the date sometime in December if there's still a date and a December. Um, Well, (laughs) well, (laughs) there's still if there's still a world by December. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. We, we loved having you. Chase, I know I, I know it's difficult right now going places. 
gamers on the go any updates there anything new uh i i left my apartment today and i played some pokemon go. go that's 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 the most gamer on the go moment that's i've great. had yeah, for for a while now uh yeah gamers on the go awesome. you can check out old episodes of gamers on the go.com there will be new episodes at some point uh just you know with work and it's, t- it's everything right now. it's uh not really a great time to to make new episodes of for sure It'll get there johnny what are you teaching your son Yo. Uh, How's that going? Math. Ooh. And it's what what level of math? Terrible. What are we What are we working on? I mean, just do, subtracting two digit yeah. numbers from each other. Okay. And having to learn how to borrow, but math is different now. <laughs> That's not yeah. how I learned how to right. do math. And you think math being absolute. You know, really wouldn't change. It's Final Fantasy Seven all over again. Problems. You thought it was absolute, and here we are now. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw a whisper flying around. I mean, it's outside. still true. Like, like twenty-one minus seven is still mm. <laughs> fourteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fourteen. <laughs> um, but like the it's it's we're the, not mathematicians. It's the perspective, thing. right? It's. It's not. It's not the answer. It's how you get to the answer that they change on you. Right, and that's and it's wrong. It's right. No, wrong. I agree. It's totally wrong. <laughs> They're teaching our children. Also, wrong. at this point, it doesn't matter. We all have cell phones that have calculators. Hey, on them. the only thing that matters right now in all this, right. this pay, pay the fucking teachers more money. Take better care of our teachers. That's yes. why don't yeah, we start definitely. there? Let's do that. <laughs> so Johnny doesn't have to be the um, thing that teaches his son how to fucking yeah, figure man. out. No, we don't Instead want Instead of developing a whole new way to do math, why don't you yeah, just pay the go. teachers? <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, we're we're all good here, man. It's it's uh, I'm very similar to Chase. This. I That's just good. like I'm on calls, video calls all day long. I still am, I'm I'm happy to be playing video games in between it, but like I'm just not having the desire to make not that it's work. I enjoy making video content, but it's just one more element of like a schedule doing this. Yeah. It's and a lot of so for me like I'm needing a lot of downtime just to like make sense of what's going on around me and video games are that. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be on, so to speak when I'm playing, like I want to be able to just kind of veg out and do that. So lumberjack smack will be back. It'll be back and bigger than ever. Um, Probably because I've been eating so much quarantine, but uh, we will be back. And before we go, I want to, I want to thank Johnny for making us all rich today. Uh, Johnny's Island had the big turn of prices, and we all turned a big profit, except for Bobby. Hey, big turn of energy, except for Bobby, who got a little greedy <laughs> and uh, and had all of his turnips spoiled because he cheated because he's a filthy time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> got more money than Johnny. Sorry, Bobby. He's the dark brown of this party. All right, Patrick. <laughs> yes. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the whisper. Whisper Harbinger in. decrees that Bobby <laughs> shall get fucked. I did get fucked. <laughs> not the way that I wanted to um, so I am going to sign off on that note and so I will see you all next week I hope <laughs> if there is a next week and I will figure out how to edit that out bye bye